When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BWI Daily Edition rolling along this week. We have Dave Eckert with us. He is going to talk to us about a bunch of different things. Football, off-season, some questions can be answered here. And, of course, we'll talk about basketball with our basketball reporter. So, Dave, how you doing today? Up late last night, but Penn State basketball got a win, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. A uh, little tired, but, you know, we're rolling with it. We're rolling. Um, got the bags under the eyes, but it's all right. We're just going to grind away. It's fine. I, I, I was born with those bags under the eyes. Even when I'm healthy and well-rested, people are like, are you okay? It's like, no, this is just what my face does. This is, my mom called it Mediterranean bags under your eyes because she's very, she was very Italian. I don't know if that's a <laughs> fact or not. That's just what she said. Uh, but we'll get to that at the end. We're going to talk about Penn State football and some of the things that uh, Dave has over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. If you want to check out his articles, there's a mailbag up there with him, Nate Bauer, and Greg Pickle uh, ask, answering questions that people have about Penn State football heading into the offseason and Dave's 22 reasons to be optimistic in 2022. We're going to pick three of his favorite. I'm going to give one reason to be optimistic in the show. And then, of course, we'll round out as we talked about with basketball. So you get, are you ready to go, Dave? You ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's All get right. into it. So let's start off with our question uh, from the mailbag that I want to talk about that I think is is a larger question than just the particular one that was asked in the mailbag. And once again, if you want to check that out, sign up for Blue White Illustrated. $1 sign up is in the description of the video. First link, get there. You can read the question. But it's essentially, is there going to be an open competition at quarterback in 2022 with Sean Clifford coming back for his sixth season, two true freshmen coming in, and Christian Veyu, the redshirt freshman quarterback, next season, or is it going to be a job given to Sean Clifford? What are your thoughts on that particular topic? Well, I think there's two things here, right? Um, so I, I don't, I don't think Penn State would have brought Sean Clifford back if it did not feel like Sean Clifford was capable and was you know, the incumbent at the quarterback position heading into 2022. So that's the first thing. The other, the other aspect of it though, is, I mean, you, you have guys clearly who, who you can be excited about behind him. So I don't, I don't think Penn state can afford not to consider one of those guys. If one of those guys impresses to the extent that, Hey, maybe, you know, this change needs to happen. Um, whether that's Christian value, whether that's Drew Alar or Bo Prabula. Um, but I would expect Sean Clifford to be the presumptive guy, at least heading into the season. So that brings up an interesting question because of the way the season ended. I'm going to show you some of these mm -hmm. graphics that I, uh, when looking at the numbers in the pro in, in the Outback Bowl that were really concerning, zero completions under pressure in the Outback Bowl when he was, uh, blitzed. 
Sean Clifford had his worst game of the season where he was blitz on 41% of his dropbacks, 66 yards, two interceptions. I believe I've called him this week in some of my comments to our uh, our message board members. He looked shell-shocked in that game. Can you play that guy knowing he has that problem in his, uh, in his situation in how he plays in 2022 because it was a theme for the end of the season? How much is that injury circumstance of the offense having to go completely through him, and how much is it just Sean Clifford, in your opinion? Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 we don't know the specifics of his injury, but you'd assume that he was over it by, or, or close to, to over it um, by that Arkansas game. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, for, for every stinker that he had, like that Arkansas game, he also had a really good game. You know, he was very good against Auburn. He, you know, he looked really good against Iowa before he got hurt. So right. I, I, I guess, you know, I, it, 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 it depends. You, you, you can make a narrative from whichever side you want to cherry pick, right? Um, True. <laughs> because that's, there, there, there are examples on both ends. Um, but again, you know, our own opinion aside, I think Penn State has told you what it thinks simply by, by bringing him back. It's, it's an interesting situation that Penn State is going to be in because I thought, and here's some of the other players involved, as you mentioned, Christian Veyu, his one game where he did play against Rutgers, 15-21, 235 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and the stats, of course, by PFF, their big-time throws, turnover-worthy plays. He wasn't perfect in the game, and as I pointed out in my evaluation at the time, really what he was doing is throwing into man coverage. We have a lot of questions about him, but what I have noticed from him is even in the final drive of the bowl game, he showed good poise, where he was standing in the pocket and delivering the football. He was not running and making, trying to make plays on the run. He was standing and delivering in the structure of the offense. So I'm interested to see. I, have a, I am a little bit, uh, having watched all the film and having seen Sean Clifford's frustrations at the end of the season, probably really still stuck in that, in what I saw in the bowl game, which was probably his worst performance of the season considering the injury at Illinois. So there is, I think a, a narrative that is out there that James Franklin would not bench Sean Clifford because he didn't at this season. Do you think there was an opportunity to bench Sean Clifford as he played throughout the season, giving what you said of you can cherry pick from the narrative, but it really was up and down. If you look at the way he played in those games. Right. Um, I think, the time to bench him would have been that Illinois game that you're referencing. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how Penn state felt about Christian value at that time. Specifically, you know, that they gained confidence in him further down the line. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but you saw that they were willing to bench him two years ago when he wasn't good enough. Um, you know, will will Levis, uh, I think it was the Nebraska game that will Levis started if I'm remembering right. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, uh, clearly, they've shown that they're willing to do that. And for that reason, you know, I'm kind of a little confused at the overall narrative that I see from Penn State fans. And it does seem to be a majority of Penn State fans that, that feel this way, that Sean Clifford coming back is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't see, and I, I know that you've had this conversation with Nate on here before. If he stinks, he's not going to play. You know, yeah. if there is a better option behind him, 
and Clifford can, you know, shows over time that he is not good enough and that one of those options is better, I really think that you're going to see one of those other options. So, so to me, why wouldn't you want to have him as an option? That's that's my point. Right. And and that's that's even though I don't agree with it, that is correct. That is the correct way to look at this. And this is the problem, I think, for Penn State fans. And this is what I remember of 2021, or sorry, 2020, when he was benched. Is that in the Nebraska game, he was not playing well. The offense was not moving. So they put Will Levis in in the second half to see if they could get a spark. Then Will started the Iowa game and by halftime was benched. So Sean Clifford has had a long leash compared to other guys at that position. And I guess that's the thing with James Franklin is you have Trace McSorley who is injured at times in his senior season. And Tommy Stevens, you don't consider using him in games against Michigan or, and I know he came back and played well against uh, Iowa and they won the game, but he was injured in that game. So when James Franklin picks his starting quarterback, it seems like he is very conservative with when he decides that guy is benched. And then even with Will Levis down the stretch, he was used in a rotational role, but he was never really given the same amount of time to work through some of his problems that Clifford has been given over his two seasons. And, and, you know, obviously in 2019, that season when he won the job, that to me is, is the counter narrative, the counterpoint to, well, he was benched sort of. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair counterpoint, but you know, to me, (laughs) the, the shorter leash for those guys, I guess, logically comes down to they're already behind Clifford evidently, you know, based on the the depth chart in practice in the off season, whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that's probably the explanation for that shorter leash, but I do think that's a valid point, right? Like I do, obviously they've Levis and then Stevens to an extent uh, a few years ago were given less time overall than, than Clifford was. I think that's valid. Do you think that there's an opportunity for one of those two young guys you just saw, Drew Aller or Bo Pabula, to factor into the competition? Both are enrolling early. They, I don't remember exactly when the semester starts, but it's soon. It's in the next Monday. week or so, Monday. Yeah. So do you think with them arriving on campus Monday, they have an opportunity to be factored into this conversation? Because the guy I'm looking at when it comes to 22 is Christian Veyu. From what I've seen of him, I was encouraged by some of the things he did. I want more evidence of that. I'm going to be looking for that in the spring. But these two young players that have a lot of upside and promise, that's where fans are looking. Sure. What's your perspective on freshman quarterbacks starting in 2022? Yeah. Um, I mean, just just everything that you hear about Drew Alar is just so glowing, you know, and it's 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 tough. It is. And it, it helps that they're enrolling early. It definitely does. Um, you know, if they weren't, I think you would probably dismiss it as a possibility um, to be yes. to be frank. But because they are, I, I think it's possible. Um, I think when you have a kid who's that talented, you, you know, it would be a little bit neglectful not to consider it and that is not me saying that I think it's happening that is not me saying that I think it should happen that is me saying maybe <laughs> you know? uh, a strong maybe from Dave Eckert yep that's what you get only hot takes over here yeah I I 
again, I, I would think that that would be very hard for a young quarterback to do. Oh, and by the way, uh, coming up tomorrow to end the week, Ryan Snyder is going to be joining us. He is mm-hmm. down in San Antonio for uh, one of the offseason games. Uh, I f- which game is it? I'm going to just escape me which one he's at. I, one I of the no all-star there's, games. There's 50 of them. I have no clue. Yeah, in San Antonio. <laughs> he's going to be joining us. Drew Aller and uh, Keon Wiley and Nick Singleton are all performing there. I believe there's a, there might be another uh, player there for Penn State football. He's, so the good news is he's got all the information. He's coming up tomorrow mm-hmm. to talk about it on the BWI Daily Edition. So stay tuned for that. And again, just to put a bow on all of this, if you want to check out what Dave's ideas and Nate and Greg's ideas on the co- quarterback competition in 2022, you can check out that article, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Become a member, sign up for just $1, and you get 12 months of access for yep. and just you can, uh, you can ask us questions if you sign up. You know, Sometimes we'll take one from Twitter, but usually we end up taking ones... Uh, from the message board. So if you want to get in on the action, sign up. $1. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, so the next thing, you wrote another article about 22 reasons to be optimistic for 2022. And I feel like when we talk about that quarterback conversation, there's always that conflict. There's that rub. Let's be positive here. What are the things you're optimistic about for Penn State football in 2022? We'll take just three because you got to go read the article to see the rest of it. Sure. Yeah, there's plenty of them. Um, you know, one that I think obviously we, we've talked about a lot is the, the recruiting class. Uh, you know, it's, it's the number seven overall class, uh, according to the on three consensus um, in, in the 2022 cycle. And, you know, there, there's guys that really feel like they're going to contribute early. Um, one of those guys that I'm, I'm really looking at, and I think a lot of other people are too, is Nick Singleton. Um, he's the Gatorade National Player of the Year, which Penn State has never had before. Incredibly impressive. He had over 2,000 yards at the high school level. He had 41 touchdowns, you know, and, and you look at the state of Penn State's running back room in 2021, you know, you, you like his you like his odds. Caden um, Saunders could be a, a guy who, who, you know, plays a little bit early at, at wide receiver. Deny Dennis Sutton. It certainly has has a body that looks like it could contribute early at defensive end. Uh, Drew Alar, we just kind of touched on that possibility. So there, there, there's there's impact players in this recruiting class to me, and so that that that's one of my reasons for sure. 
So young players is uh, guys coming into the program that might be one of the number one places you're looking for impact players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, bringing up Nick Singleton, I'm going to bring this up again. Uh, a good reason to be optimistic for Penn State football in 2022 uh, with with exactly what they need in the backfield as far as burst and explosiveness. But it's not just that. Uh, you also think that the offense in general just is going to be in better sync next year, right? Yeah, I think it would be hard not to be. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but but certainly, and especially listening to Sean Clifford talk about it, um, and I, I know that's not a name that's going to generate a ton of optimism right now, right. but it, it does seem like that's something that matters. So Sean Clifford has never had the same. This this will be his uh, his fourth year as Penn State starting quarterback, and his first with the same offensive coordinator in back to back years. So. I Ooh, think that's a big deal. That it's, is a it's, big deal. It's, it's, it's important. And and certainly, Mike Yersich is a guy who we know can get it done. It was not pretty this year. It was not good enough this year. But his yeah. track record tells you that this is a guy who can get it done for you. So I think in year two, building on some of the stuff that they set in foundation this year with, with you know what we, what we think will be the same quarterback, um, the same offensive coordinator, I think the continuity continuity on the offensive, offensive side of the ball is going to help Penn State. Where are the areas you think they have to improve the most? I know the running game specifically yeah, is one. That's that's the biggest thing. What about the running game needs to change kind of on a broad view to improve? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. They need big plays. Mm -hmm. um, the best Penn State offenses have always gotten big, big plays from their running backs, right? Um, from Saquon Barkley to Miles Sanders to Jeremy Brown, uh, they've they've really depended on those burst guys, and I think they're getting one in Nick Singleton. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does early because it, there's going to be opportunity. I think it's probably unfair to expect it right away, but the opportunity exists for him. Um, so yeah, that that's that's the big thing, and, and then you know uh, you'd like to see the tight ends get a little bit better get them some more involved you know penn state has some really good athletes there that yeah i don't i don't really think made a difference in 2021 um brenton strange theo johnson tyler warren are all guys who, who who can go up and get it and for whatever reason that that position group just never really clicked and then then beyond and obviously we know they're not going to have Jahan dotson but and i think we'll, we'll touch on the wide receiver room in depth a little bit but they, they need consistency. They need consistency from the other guys. They need big plays from the other guys. Yep. Uh, they're not, I don't think this is an offense that is going to nickel and dime you down the field. That's so, not how it's designed from no. what I've seen. That is absolutely no. not how it's designed. Even to the running game, to, to a point of what I noticed from, uh, especially at Oklahoma State, and, and having an athlete like Chuba Hubbard, who was explosive in that offense, uh, they used a lot of outside zone. They used a lot of zone running to get explosive plays, hard cutbacks, big sure. time runs like that. And that, as you pointed out, was missing not only from the talent, but the scheme and the ability to do that. Something I noticed in the bowl game was there are some great run designs where they were using fakes to get the defense to be wrong. But then when you have a 235 pound running back running the football and he gets to the edge, he doesn't outrun the safety. To your point, Journey right. Brown, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley would all outrun the safety on those big plays and turn 24 yards into seven points. 
getting that part of not only the talent but the scheme in, in 2022, there's a much better chance of being able to do that. And that, I think, from one aspect of the explosiveness is that. But then the vertical passing game is the other part. And that's what brings me back to Sean Clifford is, can they manufacture an explosive passing game in 22? Yeah, I... You know, it's it's we're still asking the question with him after three years, so yeah, it's probably not a great sign. But you, you, you look at look at look at Kenny Pickett at Pitt, right? This extra year can make a difference for guys. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I know the comments are going to be full of guys people not wanting to hear this, uh, but I, I do think Clifford returning, being a veteran for these older guys, is a good thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, we'll, we'll see whether it clicks for him down the field. Um, yeah, e- even in the bowl game, I think I think they had some missed opportunities there. Yeah. Um, I think Malik Mega had a drop that that was costly down the field. But yeah, that that needs to happen. You're right. And, and one thing that might help with that are some broken tackles after the catch, and a guy coming in that I know mm-hmm. I'm excited for. And you mentioned as one of the things you're you're looking forward to, you think you should be optimistic about is transfer Mitchell Tinsley. What are you seeing from him as far as what you're looking for at that position? Yeah, I'm seeing 1,400 receiving yards <laughs> in the regular season this year. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll play, don't you think? Um, but yeah, you look at those stats there. I mean, those are all extremely impressive, um, and, and yeah, he's doing it. Uh, obviously, the conference USA isn't the Big Ten, but it's it's not a, it's not an awful level. Mm-hmm. So certainly, this is a guy that's going to come in and contribute. He's dynamic. He's athletic. Um, he's a guy that you know people liked out of high school too. He, he went the JUCO route, so this is actually his third institution post high school. He played yeah. JUCO ball. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's he's going to be exciting. I really I'm really excited about him. Just looking at his tape, his athleticism, making guys miss. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be a big deal. Uh, one area that I want to highlight, and I don't know if it's on your 22 li- list of 22 things to be positive about, but coming out of the bowl game, if you want to check out what I did at bluewhiteillustrated.com this week, I took a look at the film of the young players on offense and defense. I put up defense today. Earlier in the week, I did offense, and the young offensive linemen, I think performed pretty well in the bowl game and they did some things, especially run blocking that are positives and good signs for 2022 that with just two players added into the line, this has been what I've been saying all week. You don't need to have five stellar offensive linemen. You're it's super rare to have all five of those guys being all American, all big 10 highly above average players. You need guys that work well together and a couple of special football players, one or two. I think Landon Tangwell can be a special football player. So as long as everyone meets a level of average and they work together well and you eliminate mistakes, you might see a guy that blows open some big running holes in 2022, which will help a lot of what we talked about earlier in the offense of explosive runs and then the guys there to take advantage of them. So that's my one thing. To be uh, to be uh, looking forward to in 2022, a reason to be optimistic. Dave has 22 of them. Was that yes. on your list? Uh, it was actually, and I'd like okay. to add a 23rd. I'm I'm optimistic about your analysis, T. Frank. Oh, I love your analysis thanks. so much that it's going on the list. And awesome. It's not because in 2023 I'm going to be scratching and clawing for an extra reason. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind. I'm blushing. So let's talk about basketball. Let's cool things down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, but no, actually, Dave, yeah. last night, Penn State basketball got their second Big Ten win in a row and they beat Northwestern. Tell me about what happened and what you saw in the game. Yeah, um, Penn State came back from a 10-point second-half deficit. Um, they executed really well down the stretch. I think they finished the game on a 30-17 to run and they, they beat a good Northwestern team. I know people tend to hear Northwestern and think garbage, but... This was a good Northwestern team. They were eight and three heading into this game. I think around fortieth in uh, the Ken Palm ratings, which is a you know an analytic website that kind of uses efficiency metrics to rank teams. Um, so yeah, good win for Penn State. Really good road win. Um, two in a row in the Big Ten. Which honestly, if you would ask me if they would win two in a row in the Big Ten at all this year, I would have told you no. So they're 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 already they're already ahead of the game. <laughs> So what's the makeup of this team now that they have, I think, as you've talked about, they were waiting for a couple of guys to get involved through injury or transfer problems. Do they have their full complement now? And what is the makeup of the team? Um, they, they do more or less. They're still waiting for Giovanni Scott to get fit is okay. kind of how I've interpreted what Micah Shrewsbury has said. Um, but, but I don't think he's a key contributor even when he's he's ready. They, they have all of their core guys. Okay. Um, and and the, so... You saw on on Wednesday night, um, they they started Greg Lee. He got his second consecutive start. He's one of those guys that they were missing. Um, Greg Lee is a six foot nine forward who can kind of stretch the floor. He can shoot from outside a little bit. Um, he's a little bit. He's a skinnier guy, but he's still physical. Um, and you know they they started him alongside John Hera, who again really physical can can rebound for you. And what you saw was a really nice rebounding advantage for Penn State. Penn State mm -hmm. out-rebounded Northwestern 40 to 28. Um, and if you think of Penn State his teams historically, that's not something that they usually do. Right. They are typically the team that's getting out-rebound. And, 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 and that's big um, for a couple reasons. It's, it's, it's big. The, the main reason that I think it's big is because Penn State, from an efficiency standpoint, and I'm talking field goal percentage and right. the field goal percentage that they're allowing for their opponents has been fine all year. They're shooting around 45% of the field. That's about from the field. That's about five percentage points better than they were last year on defense. They're fine. It's not great, but they're fine. Their problem is that they're getting less shots than their opponent right. in just about every game. And so now if you can add some offensive rebounds to the equation, um, you can get these two big guys on the floor at the same time. You can start to make up for that. You can get extra possessions. You can get extra shots. So if Penn State can pair this improved efficiency with not taking 10 less shots than their opponent every time they step on the floor, you know, the math tells you they're going to be okay. Right. Uh, so so that, that's, a, that's a big deal for them to me anyway. Seth Lundy had a big game last night, 23 points. Uh, he was a guy early in his career tabbed as the heir apparent to Lamar Stevens. I believe they went to the same high school. Uh, is he turning into that guy? And what was the performance from him like last night? He was great. Uh, 15 second half points. Um, I think he was three of four from three in the second half. Uh, he made a bunch of huge shots down the stretch. He made a, I think Penn State was down two with around 230 left. Uh, he got fouled and made a three, so four-point play to give them the lead. Um, Northwestern went down and tied it, and Lundy hit another three to put them back ahead. 
Um, and then he kind of sealed it with a with a three point play on a fast break. Um, so yeah, he was great. He was awesome. But I think, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, go no no no. Go ahead. He's 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 tough because he does this every once in a while, and you're like, man, if he could do this every night, they would be <laughs> awesome. Um, but it, it hasn't happened for him yet. Uh-huh. Uh, it, you know, you look last year. They won some games that they really didn't have any business winning because Seth Lundy went off. Yeah. Um, they won at Virginia Tech. I think Seth Lundy had 32 points in that game, if, if memory serves. He was great from three um, early as well, if I remember. Yep. Yep. So, and, and then I think they won at Maryland too because Seth Lundy went off last year. So he does this once in a while, but if they can get it consistently, I mean, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't quite put it together. But the, he's got all the talent in the world, and they need guys like him because they they don't have, you know, they they're starting to come together as a team a little bit. But I they don't they don't have a ton of points in them, yeah. you know. They they need a guy who can fill up the basket, and 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 they they're going to depend on him. It's going to be interesting to watch now that they're in uh, the full on Big Ten slate coming up next is Purdue. When is that exactly? I think it's Saturday at noon. So yeah, Purdue is number three in the country. Micah Shrewsbury's former guys, uh, narratives everywhere for that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be the first, you know, truly elite team that they've played. Um, you know, hopefully they can get a pretty good crowd. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I think the students, yeah, the students are coming back Monday, so might be a little bit iffy on the crowd thing, but yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be really interesting game for sure. Um, because, Mike Shrewsbury knows everything about that team. That team knows everything about Mike Shrewsbury. So it'll it'll be a really, really interesting dynamic. So if you want to see the biggest test for Penn State basketball and you want to hear about what's going on, at David Eckert 98 you see it there at the bottom of the screen. Follow him on Twitter. He'll be tweeting and uh, giving you his reporting during the game. And, of course, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for recap analysis after the game from Dave. Dave, awesome job today. Appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, T. Frank. Anytime. I'm going to say this once again because I, I I believe firmly if you are at this point in the video, even if you skipped ahead, you enjoyed this video. So if you like it, give it a like. Just hit the like button at the bottom of the screen and make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. We're going to be providing you basketball, football, wrestling, everything coming up. Our uh, reporter for uh, wrestling, um, Greg Pickle, he's going to be joining the show overtime to give you insight into what's going on with Kale Sanderson's squad. Like I said, if the outro music is playing and you're still listening to me, hit the like button. I'm your host, Thomas Rankar. We'll talk to you tomorrow.